I'm your host, Kurt Sandig, and welcome to Paranormal Almanac. That's right, I am your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this week's edition of Paranormal Almanac, I want to do an edition that I promised a listener a while ago. But before we get to that, there are a couple of things in the news that uh, pertain to Paranormal Almanac. First up, the sad news that all Toys R Uses are closing. And if you listen to the Haunted Toys R Us episode, you know why that pertains to this podcast. If you want to visit the Haunted Toys R Us before it closes, your time is running out fast. And I got to say, I'm a little bit bummed out about this. I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with the building. I hope they don't tear it down or close it off to the public or do something weird. I hope that no matter what goes in there, the public is still allowed to go in there and it'll still be haunted. The next news story is yet another UFO video that was released, and this one is another one straight from the U.S. government of a fighter jet tracking a high-speed UFO over the ocean on the East Coast. It's another very interesting UFO video, and again, it leads me to believe that disclosure is very, very close. And it comes to us again from the Academy from the Stars, or Academy to the Stars. Yes, Academy to the Stars. So it comes to us again from these guys who it seems like month after month are going to keep showing us proof that UFOs are real and that the military can't get near them. And finally, the last piece of news is an interesting video. I have my own personal opinions of it, but I want you guys to watch it as well. It just came out. It's from a go it's from China and it's about a ghost train that is still making the stops. And it's not some old-fashioned Harry Potter-esque looking train. It's a new-looking train that is see-through that they caught on the security cameras. Now, I'll throw this up on Paranormal Almanac on Facebook. So if you want to watch that video and tell me what you think, it'll be up there, I promise. Okay, so that's the Paranormal News updates. Now let's get into this week's edition. So this is for all of you out there that have sent me the video about the Simpsons Time Traveler BS. But this is especially for listener Guy, because I promised him that I would debunk this one for him, or do my best to debunk a number of the things that are brought up in the video. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, a couple of months ago, a video made the rounds talking about Matt Groening, who is the creator of The Simpsons, being a time traveler, and here's the proof. It's one of those getcha kind of things. And it is very compelling. I can see why Guy and other listeners wanted me to either talk about it or debunk it. But first, let me say that Matt Groening doesn't write every episode of The Simpsons. In fact, he writes very little for The Simpsons. They have a whole staff of writers. So right off the bat, this video is dumb to say that Matt Groening is a time traveler and here's the proof. That's just a ridiculous thought. And in case it needs to be said, Matt Groening isn't drawing all of them either. So forget about the Matt Groening part of it. Let's just talk about The Simpsons as a television show predicting the future or seeming to predict the future. 
Now, like I said, I'm about to debunk this. So, no, this video doesn't show the definitive proof of time travel. And for most of them, it's not even close. It's more like proof of the Simpsons writers watching the current events at that time and then just writing about them. And I hate debunking other people's work because, well, frankly, I'm afraid someone will want revenge and attempt to correct or debunk all of my work. But they got a ton of views on their video, and they're fine, and they're gonna be fine, even if I debunk some of this stuff. So anyways, this edition will be about the Simpsons time travel, debunked mostly. Plus, there's actually a couple on here, on this episode, that these guys in their video didn't even talk about. So let's get right into it. One of the first ones that everybody said, look, it's proof, is that on The Simpsons, they showed Trump as president. Donald Trump won the presidency. He was president. How could The Simpsons know this back in the 90s? Well, Trump ran for president before or has talked about running for president so often, it's not that much of a stretch. In fact, the writer of that episode said, quote, People have somewhat forgotten, but he was talking about running for president back then. So it wasn't something totally out of the blue. It was a guy who was a punchline name and had presidential aspirations. That's the end quote. It's as easy as that. Another one of the look what came true was the Siegfried and Roy tiger attack. And there was a bit on The Simpsons where they get attacked by the tiger. He just snaps and takes them down. And it was even the right one. It was Roy. So, like, it seems if you don't think about it, whoa, how did they predict that? Interesting. But then again, it was a tiger. These were two men who were living with tigers. They were on TV. They were famous in Vegas. They were living and working with wild animals. Sadly, it was bound to happen. And like the Trump thing, they were just punchlines waiting to happen. Another one on this video was autocorrect. And it was, you know, like proof that the Simpsons are time travelers because autocorrect wasn't a thing back then. In fact, texting wasn't really a thing back then. It was like 1995 and it was just starting to take off. Well, unfortunately, if you do a little bit of research, you'll find out that autocorrect started way before the iPhone. The Simpsons were lampooning Apple's underwhelming Newton. And the Newton was the iPhone's ancient ancestor that had just been released at that time, and it included a shoddy handwriting recognition, and this is according to the people who wrote the episode. In fact, a former director of engineering of the iOS applications at Apple told reporters that this particular moment on The Simpsons served as an inspiration to get the iPhone keyboard right. So it did inspire iPhone, that's for sure. And it made them do a little bit better than the Newton, but it wasn't anything to do with the iPhone. It had to do with a product that was out at that time that was just as crappy. The next one on the list, for me anyway, is one where it's the future and Lisa's talking to, I think, Marge or her husband or boyfriend or whatever on the video phone. Basically, they were talking about FaceTiming. They didn't mention the word FaceTiming. That would have been more conclusive to it being time travel. But it was just a video phone, a video chat. Well, I don't understand why this one was even on there. 50s movies had video chat. 60s Star Trek had video chat. This one was a constant in what the future held as far as sci-fi was concerned. 
And it wasn't much of a stretch, even back then. There were 70s and 80s applications that actually did have a video phone. It wasn't widespread like it is today, but it was out there. The next one is a faulty voter machine. Homer goes to vote for Obama and it gives him McCain or whatever. Doesn't matter. Like the rest of them, the media already knew about rigged elections. This one wasn't a stretch at all. So let's move on to the one that does seem to be the most impressive, and that's the God particle theory. The problem was the theory was there, and the writer even went to someone for this information. Now, supposedly, the Simpsons figured out a theory that had never been proven and wouldn't be proven for years to come. But it can be explained to some degree. And here's who will explain it by one of the writers and the producers of The Simpsons who said, The Higgs Boson was written into the script by David Cohen, who's one of the people with a math background on this show. What he put in was a plausible guess at that time, so it wasn't like it was totally out of left field. In fact, according to Simon Singh, who is the author of The Simpsons and Their Mathematical Secrets, the equation predicts the mass of the Higgs Boson particle. It was first predicted in 1964 by Professor Peter Higgs and five other physicists, but it wasn't until 2013 that scientists discovered proof of the Higgs Boson in a $13 billion experiment. So this is another one of those things where if you don't research it at all, it seems like an impossibility. It seems like proof, positive, that things aren't what they seem. Sadly, though, it is very easily debunked and very easy to research the debunking. Next up is one about the NSA watching people. Guess what, people? Government's been watching people since it's been the government. Boom, done. Smartwatch. Here's another one where they're talking about the future, and I think it's Lisa again. Um, has a smartwatch. Well, guess what? Dick Tracy had a smartwatch. It was just one example of a smartwatch. TV watches were around since the 70s. Spies had wrist communicators. This wasn't an amazing leap at all. In fact, this is just another thing. Like, I mean, if you think about it, 60s Star Trek had wrist communicators and cell phones and Bluetooth and everything else. It's just sci-fi taking things to the, the next possible level, the next probable level. Now let's talk about the 9-11 one from The Simpsons. This one is laughable at best. There's a magazine. It has the number $9 on there. It costs $9, and it has the Twin Towers. It looks like it says 9-11. This is just people connecting dots that aren't there. The Simpsons didn't predict 9-11, but there was a show that did, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Next up, Ebola. There's a children's book by Marge, or not by Marge, that Marge is reading, I think, Bart, and it's about Ebola. Well, Ebola has been around since 1976. Sure, it wasn't an outbreak in the 90s, but it was on the CDC's watch list as a potential future outbreak. Again, not a stretch. Let's see, what do we have next? Football. Look, I hate sports, but even I know that they've rigged sports since forever. So a rigged football game is not a prediction. And, in fact, there's another one, there's another TV show that I'll be talking about in a little bit that does predict a Super Bowl. That's way more interesting than The Simpsons. Uh, there's one about Greece, which, again, it's about Greece's, uh, I believe it's about Greece's uh, financial situation collapsing. That wasn't a stretch. The writers were watching current events at the time and writing about it. They've actually said that they got Greece straight out of the headlines. 
There was another one where Lady Gaga was on the Super Bowl halftime show. Look, it's funny and it's strange, but apart from the hanging from the wires that Lady Gaga actually did in real life, it doesn't really prove anything. She was a huge pop star then, just like she is now. So, of course, it wasn't that much of a stretch to imagine her singing in the halftime show. And as far as I remember, there weren't sparks coming out of her boobs like on The Simpsons. Again, it's very interesting that they picked that she would be hanging from wires. But who's to say that The Simpsons didn't inspire Lady Gaga to do that bit? It could have been the other way around. The next one is a real quick shot of the 20th Century Fox logo on a wall. And it says, now a property of the Disney Corporation or something to that effect. Disney was gobbling up everything for years. Again, this wasn't much of a stretch, and it was kind of poking fun at Disney, and because The Simpsons were owned by 20th Century Fox, poking fun at themselves by that one. So now let's talk about one that isn't on this video that is kind of bizarre, and that's the Shard Building in London. And it's it's a real quick shot of future London with the Big Ben clock right there, but it's digital, and I think it's flashing 12. But in the background, there's a skyscraper off to the left in the background, And it's not hard to imagine that it looks just like the Shard. But it's very generic skyscraper-y looking. So if you want to read into it, it does look like The Simpsons predicted a skyscraper, an unusually shaped skyscraper, right around the spot it would be on the horizon in now modern-day London. But it's also not that hard to imagine a future where there would be skyscrapers in future London. Still kind of interesting. Another one that wasn't in this video that just came true, if you wanted to put some stock into The Simpsons being time travelers, the Americans' men's team would win curling in the Olympics. So, again, another funny one, throwaway thing that just happened to come true. I'm not saying that The Simpsons didn't get a lot of stuff right, but they had 20-some seasons. Not everything that's in The Simpsons has come true or even come close to being true. So on the percentages-wise, there's still a very low percentage of predicting the future. In fact, even lower than Nostradamus is at predicting the future. It's a very interesting video about The Simpsons proving time travel is real. It's a very interesting concept to say that The Simpsons have predicted future events at a fairly common rate. But the fact is, they haven't. The fact is, it's just a lot lot of coincidences and not a lot of stretch of the imagination for the writers themselves. Look, The Simpsons hire really intelligent people to write for the show. Harvard graduates, Conan O'Brien, a lot of smart people have written for The Simpsons. It's not that much of a stretch of imagination if they're paying attention to current events, they're watching the news, and they're throwing little tidbits in there. They're going to get some stuff right. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, wow, Kurt debunks a lot of stuff now. I used to think that he was interested in all this stuff, but now all he's doing is debunking stuff. Look, I am a very optimistic, hopeful kind of a skeptic. I want things to be real. In fact, I believe a lot of things are real. You guys know that I believe a lot of things are real. And it's not a major conspiracy theory to think that the government has been seeding sensitive information into entertainment to get people used to ideas for years. And if you really want to look at TV predictions, listen to the first episode of Drunken Metaphysical from just a few years ago. And this was an episode, or a podcast, I should say, that I used to do with a friend of mine, Ginny. And the very first episode we did, we talked about 
TV actually predicting things. So again, I don't want to go too much into that because I think the drunken metaphysical one is a perfect episode to listen to for that very reason, and I don't want to rehash stuff I've already done. But that being said, there was a TV show spinoff from X-Files called The Lone Gunman. The very first episode of The Lone Gunman predicted that airplanes would crash into the World Trade Center. Terrorists would take airplanes and crash them into commercial airplanes and crash them into the World Trade Center. You want to talk about TV predicting something that was about to happen? That's a great example. And I kind of believe, going back to that theory about the government seeding information, I do kind of believe that the best way to desensitize the general population is to slowly, over the years, put it into mainstream entertainment, and just by saturation alone, people will naturally get desensitized. Just think about UFOs. People have been told about aliens and UFOs in TVs and movies since predominantly since the 50s. And if a War of the Worlds show came out today, it wouldn't cause a mass panic like it did, partially because we've been so desensitized to disclosure. In fact, trying to get people hyped up about disclosure after the government admitted it a few months ago or a couple weeks ago or whenever that was is nearly impossible. And I've been trying I've been telling all of my friends about the episode about disclosure that I just did recently, and they lose interest or brush it off almost immediately. And that's exactly what the government wants. The government wants it to be a non-issue so that when it does come out, people are going to be like, yeah, all right, I kind of figured that already. And it's going to be a big nothing issue. Another possible factor at play is what's called the law of truly large numbers. And it's a concept presented by the Harvard mathematicians Frederick Mosteller and Percy Diaconis. Diaconis? I don't know. And it's in a 1989 paper, 1989, that is, Methods for Studying Coincidences. And it says, with a large enough sample, any outrageous thing is apt to happen. The Simpsons, a Fox show, is the longest-running scripted TV series in history. And if you're not believing that one, or if you want to go even farther out from there, there's another man, Dr. Bernard Beitman, author of Connecting with Coincidences, and he offers the existence of the psychosphere, and it is our mental atmosphere that is essentially a group mind in action. And what that means is, us as a group, we're connecting dots that are nothing more than coincidences. And it's a natural phenomena in a large population. Okay, so I want to say thanks to Guy for the suggestion. It was a great one. I think that uh, hopefully I debunked it at least enough for some of you, or I debunked enough of them for all of you to go, okay, that's a little bit fishy. It's still, look, it's weird. I'll give you that. It's completely weird. But I'm going to go with that whole theory about with a large enough sample, any outrageous thing is apt to happen. And like I said, Simpsons have been on forever. So... Once again, thank you, Guy, for the suggestion. I loved it. You guys keep them coming. I love all the ideas you guys have been giving me. I love chatting with all of you guys on Facebook. If you haven't had a chance, please say hi on Facebook. Message me. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you didn't like. But let's keep going. Let's take a look at some more television predictions. One that keeps coming up is Star Trek Next Generation Predicts the iPad. If you watched Star Trek The Next Generation, they all walked around with these little communicator pads. I forget what they called them on the show. But it wasn't them predicting the iPad. 
It was them inspiring the iPad. In fact, Apple saw the pads on Star Trek, and like most things in sci-fi, it inspired them to build something similar to what they saw. They liked that that's what the sci-fi future said what it would be, and they built it. It wasn't a prediction. It was just science catching up to sci-fi. Another really funny, really bizarre example is a 1999 episode of the HBO series The Chris Rock Show. And that one featured a skit in which Chris Rock fondly recalled a fictional visit, not a real visit. In the show, he recalls a visit that he had from O.J. Simpson, where O.J. dropped by a show to promote his new instructional video, I Didn't Kill My Wife, But If I Did, Here's How I Did It. And as I'm sure you know, eight years after that, in real life, O.J. Simpson was making plans to release a memoir called if I did it, and even more recently, he just went and did an interview where he hypothetically said how he killed Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman. And it was chilling, and it was terrifying, and it was complete batshit crazy. But this is another example of, technically, TV predicting the future. Now, there's another comedy show, and this one was from the 60s, and it was called Laughing, And it predicted a couple of things that turned out to come true. In one episode, Rowan announced a bit of news about President Ronald Reagan in the year 1988. Remember, this show is from the 60s. And guess what? Ronald Reagan, former actor turned politician, was still in the office in 1988. Another thing that Laffin did was a News of the Future skit in 1969 that predicted the fall of the Berlin Wall, which didn't happen for another 20 years. Now again, that was a pretty bland prediction, if you will. It was bound to happen, and thank God it did. But still, that was 20 years before it happened. There was an episode of Family Guy uh, from 2009 in which Stewie says that the former Olympic athlete and keeping up with the Kardashian star Bruce Jenner is, quote, is a woman, a beautiful, elegant Dutch woman. We all know that Bruce Jenner transitioned to Caitlyn Jenner. Look, I'll give him that it was kind of an odd prediction to make. But there you have it. It doesn't really prove anything, or does it? This one's up to you to decide. Let's get back to Star Trek. This time, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They had an episode where the people were wearing a virtual display device over their eyes. And it was an episode called Rocks and Shoals. And this virtual display device is basically Google Glass. In 2015, it looks almost identical to what they called Google Glass. Now, I mentioned another football one. I don't want to get too deep into it, but there was a TV show called Quantum Leap that predicted a Super Bowl win almost identical to how it happened. If you want more details, just Google Quantum Leap Super Bowl prediction, and I'm sure you'll find it because sports basically bore me, and I don't want to go too much deeper than that. And like I said, I really think you guys would get a kick out of the drunken metaphysical episode. I believe it was our first episode. Um, it shouldn't be too hard to figure out which one it is, and it's about TV predictions that came true. There's a lot of them. We really delve deep into it on that show, so I don't want to do too much more on this episode. But there you go. There you have it. I am back. The jury duty couldn't keep me down. I got a couple of stories that I'm going to talk about in the future episode, a couple of ghost sightings, one that um, was very intense and one that was just kind of interesting and completely different locations with complete skeptics as well. So... I'll have those coming up on future episodes. I also have a lot of new stuff to talk about. 
and a lot of great suggestions from you guys to talk about. And if I can figure out how to get Skype working just right, I even have a listener that I'm hoping to interview because she says she has a lot of great stories and I believe her. So I can't wait to talk to her as well. Once again, I am your host, Kurt Sandvig, and thank you for listening to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. Paranormal Almanac.